Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Father, we say yes. Hallelujah. We give you a fresh yes this morning. A new commitment. A new yes. We know that because you are with us, all is well. We declare that we will not be afraid. We will follow after your spirit. We will obey your word. We will do your will, Jesus. Our souls say yes. We will do what is required, Father. We declare that we will go higher. We will walk on the water with you. Hallelujah. As you, God, the deep calls to the deep, we respond and we say yes. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, Yeshua, HaMashiach, the name above all names, we say yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just bless you this morning. Jesus, we glorify your matchless name. Hallelujah. Let me introduce you to our team that's lined up this morning. Welcome to each one of you who will join the prayer call. My name is Sister Charlene Tuckerson. I'm your facilitator this morning. The leaders of our house at New Destiny Church are Bishop C. Carl Smith and Pastor Adrian Smith. We say good morning to you. We also want to say good morning to our prayer call controller, Sister Kema Joseph. We bless you, sis, in the name of the Lord. Our prayer call controllers wake up way before we even get up to ensure that the calls are without any problems and that we're able to get on seamlessly. And we thank you, Sister Kema and your team. Our devotion leader this morning is Sister Margaret Johnson. We say good morning to you, sis. How are you doing? Good morning, Sister Charlene. I am excellent. How are you this morning? I am well, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Our prayer requests and any praise reports that have been submitted will be offered up by Sister Myrna Whitstone. Good morning, Sister Myrna. How are you today, sis? Good morning. I am wonderful. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Without further ado, we will go forward with our devotion. Sister Margaret, we're ready for you, sis. Okay, good morning. Can you hear me okay, Sister Charlene? Yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Um, We give praise and honor to God this morning. Um, We give honor to our bishop and our pastor, Adrian, this morning. 
um, never take this um, opportunity for granted. So we thank um, them this morning as well. This morning's devotion is Jesus' passion for the church. Jesus' passion for the church. So we're going to look at Jesus' passion for the church. And what did Jesus' passion accomplish? Um, we know, we all know that he, he suffered and he died for mankind. We know that the, the blood he shed and the pain, the shame, the bruises that he suffered, he did all of that to pay the price so that we, sinful men, would now have access through him back unto a holy God. Colossians 1 and 20 says, And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent. We've been restored to innocence again. Another version says that he made peace through the blood shed on the cross. So we have peace with God. We have the peace of God. And we have peace from God. What does this truly mean? It it means we have peacefulness. We have stability. We have harmony. We have tranquility. That also means that when the opposite of peace comes, when strife comes, conflict comes, war comes, discord, fear, that it's not from God because Jesus is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord God, our peace. So now let's look at another accomplishment of Jesus' passion. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission, the forgiveness of our offenses, our shortcomings and trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Verse 8 says, Which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, every kind of practical insight and prudence, Verse 9 says, making known to us the mystery, the secret of his will, his plan, and his purpose. Wow, that's a power-packed benefit, right? So now let's, let's go back and unpack all that. So God has given us deliverance and salvation through the blood of Jesus. He's forgiven us of all of our shortcomings and our trespasses. He's given us his gracious favor, where it says that the favor of God surrounds us like a shield, right? The blessings of the Lord are chasing us and overtaking us. He's given us every kind of wisdom. The Lord says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to us freely and upbraideth us not. He's given us understanding. That's a practical insight into things. And prudence. I didn't know what prudence meant, so I had to look up prudence, right? It's not a a word that we use uh, too often these days, but prudence means that God has given us careful good judgment which allows someone to avoid danger. That's a good thing. We, we need that, right, especially in this time and age. So those are some of the things that Jesus' passion for the church has given us. Another familiar passage is Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, Amplified Version, which says, Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. So we've been delivered from grief. We've been delivered from sickness, weakness, and distress. It it doesn't mean that those things won't come, but what it does mean is that we can deny its right to rule and exist in our life. 
because Jesus bore it, we don't have to. He carried our sorrows and our pains of punishment. Verse 5 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. That transgressions is evil doing, it's sin, it's corrupt or depraved acts. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Iniquity in the heart is the inner act of willfulness against God. Iniquity involves the attitudes of the heart. And, and some iniquities that are listed in the Bible are, give a good example, of bitterness, greed, lust, and stubbornness. So he was bruised for our iniquity. So they don't have power over us any longer. Isn't that good news? That's so good to me. We can then confess them and invite the light of heaven to shine in any area of hidden darkness in our hearts. The, the, Isaiah says the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So those are just a few of the benefits from the passion uh, that Jesus had that he went through for the church, and he did that for us so that we would have access back to God. He's, Jesus is the divine bridge that bridges man's relationship to God, gives us the benefits of God. It, it's not, uh, it's who we're with. We're with God, and because we're with God, we have all those benefits, and there's so many more benefits. He, Jesus not only bridges our relationship as the sacrificial lamb, but he's also our priest and king. He's our advocate. He's our mediator. He's the chief intercessor, and he prays for us continually. Jesus did not leave us alone when he ascended into heaven, right? When he rose to heaven to take his seat of authority, he sent us the promised Holy Spirit as our comforter. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. So just a few attributes of the Holy Spirit um, or the spirit of Christ are that, that the Holy Spirit, he's a gift from God, uh, Luke eleven thirteen. He's our teacher and our helper, John fourteen twenty six. He helps us to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Holy Spirit, he gives us power, Acts 1 and 8. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption in Christ Jesus. I love that one. He draws mankind to God, the Holy Spirit does. He gives us spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, he's the revealer of all things. He bears witness that we are children of God. And there's many, many more attributes of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's our comforter. He reminds us of the word of God. He, he, he teaches us and tells us of things to come. He gives us insight, revelation. The spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Christ. All of these things came and come to us and are available to us because of the passion that Jesus has for the church. So now let's look at another site because we're familiar with a lot of uh, the, the Passion of the Christ. There's a movie called The Passion of the Christ, specifically looking at and, and talking about all the things that he went through in terms of being bruised and beaten and the blood that was shed and the, and, and the agony that he went through for the church and the benefits that come from it. Those are some of the things we just talked about. Let's look at another side of the passion that Jesus had for the church. Another side of it is looking at Jesus' zeal and his commitment and the trust that he had for his father. As we look at this side, 
of Jesus' passion for the church, we see the model, the standard, the plumb line, if you will, that we are to operate in. During his three and a half years of ministry, Jesus never lacked passion or motivation. He refused to waste time. He had an assignment to do for Father God, and he was focused entirely on making sure that it was accomplished. Jesus was chosen by Father God as a vessel to redeem mankind. So, too, God has called each of us to his divine assignment. We are here because we accepted the commission from God. We are his handiwork to do his will in the earth. What is your assignment? Are you focused on making sure that what God has called you to do is accomplished? If you're unsure of what your assignment is, your answers are only a prayer away. So, Father, we we come in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Father, to reveal to each of us what our divine assignment is, Father, for our lives. Give us strength, O God. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment to accomplish your assignment in the earth, Father. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Paul says in Acts 20 and 24b, he says, it's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry that my Lord Jesus has assigned to me, which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. That's what Paul says on his assignment. So let's look at one of our key scriptures that illustrates Jesus' empowering us as he did the Father's will. And that's Luke, uh, I'm sorry, John 6, 16, uh, 19 through 21, and it's funny, Sister Charlene just touched on it (laughs) unknowingly, but she touched on it. It says, after waiting until evening for Jesus to return, the disciples went down to the lake, the lake, but as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't returned, so the disciples got into a boat and they headed across the lake to Capernaum. By now, a strong wind began to blow and was stirring up the waters. The disciples had rowed about halfway across the lake when suddenly they caught sight of Jesus. They were in the midst of a storm. They caught sight of Jesus walking on top of the waves coming towards them. And the disciples panicked. They thought it was a ghost, right? But Jesus called out to them and said, just as he says to us, don't be afraid. You know who I am. And they were so relieved to take him in. And the moment Jesus stepped into the boat, remember they were halfway in the lake, right? The moment Jesus stepped into the boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. So in this passage, we see that when we face the winds of life, the hard things, the storms of life, and it seems as if it's hard to get through to the other side, we see that we're not alone. We see that Jesus is always with us during the storm. And John says that the disciples caught sight of Jesus walking on top of the waves. Jesus wasn't overcome by the storm. He was using the storm as stepping stones to get to his destination. So we, too, we have to ascend. We have to get higher. We have to see Jesus' viewpoint so that we can get his perspective on our storm. And rather than being overcome and fearful in the storm, we're going to walk on top of the storm because we have the authority over it. It it doesn't mean that all storms will go away, but it does mean that we are not alone in the storm. It does mean that we don't have to be afraid, that we can be courageous knowing that Jesus always, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. We're victorious because Jesus' passion for the church and his actions have given us victory. So if you're victorious, 
that means you're a winner. And if, and if you haven't achieved what you think you should have by now, if you haven't achieved what, you know, you thought you would in life, it, it's okay. Speak to yourself. Speak to your life and declare, regardless of where I am right now, I'm a winner. Jesus lived, suffered, bled, and died and rose again with all power, and that's what's made me a winner. I am victorious. You are victorious. And so just as with the disciples, the scriptures say that when they took Jesus into their boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. So take Jesus into your storm. Invite him into your storm. Don't go through it on your own. Invite the Lord into it with you. Just as Peter walked on the water on Jesus' word, walk on your high places with your hind feet like a deer. And when we take Jesus into the boat of our life during the storm, he can transcend time and get us through the storm quicker and get us safely to the other side. And Jesus went through many storms in the earth. And as we look at the passion, as we prepare to close, as we look at the passion of Jesus, we see that he had faith during his own personal storms, persecution, betrayal of a loved one, desertion of all those who call themselves your ride or die, beatings, pain, suffering, having your father turn his face from you. Those are the few of the storms that Jesus went through. But because he went through them in faith, he's given us the power and the authority to go through our storms in faith. We can go through the storms of life knowing that God will never forsake us. No, never. We can know that we may be persecuted for our faith, but they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting the Christ in us. So we are to love our enemies and pray for those who despitefully use us. Not easy, right? But we see Jesus in the midst of his passion, praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We see Stephen during stoning, looking up, changing his perspective, and seeing Jesus standing. And Stephen prayed, Father, forgive them. And this prayer that Stephen prayed was part of the catalyst that prepared Saul of Tarsus for service to the Lord Jesus. Some plant, some water, but God is the one that gives the increase. What will our lives plant or water in others? Huh. The song said, will you say yes, that God wants your yes. Will you allow the Lord to use you in any way he sees fit? Even if it's not comfortable or popular, will you still say yes? First hmm. John 4 and 4 says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Jesus' passion has given the church power. We're still in the world, but we're not to operate as the world or operate in the world system. Our system is the kingdom of God. Our instruction manual is the word of God. It's a higher authority than the world system. And because of the suffering of Jesus, because of his passion, we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the blood of Jesus. We have power over the power of the evil one. We can cast down imaginations and any high thought that seeks to exalt itself above the word of God in our lives. We have dominion. We have authority. We can speak to the mountains and command them to be removed and be cast into the sea. We can speak peace to the storms. Even if the physical storm does not cease immediately, the storm within us must be at peace when we speak to it. We can dwell in the eye of the storm where there is peace. Within us is more than enough power to overcome 
and to live victoriously. The passion of our Lord Jesus is much more than what we have time to chat about today. But I pray that just this synopsis kind of gives you hope and a hunger to study and see what else you have in Christ Jesus. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. He is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. Sister Charlene? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Sister Margaret. That was a wonderful word. Father, thank you for your passion for your church. Amen, Sister Margaret. Thank you. Thank you again. Sister Myrna, we're ready for you to pray. Saints, let's stand together in agreement and believe as she prays. Father, we come to you this morning, first and foremost, Father, giving you thanks, giving you praise and glory, Father God, that is due your name, because we know that there is no one like you, and there is no one that can even come close to who you are. We thank you, Father, for your words spoken through Miss Margaret this morning for the revelation spoken, for the truth revealed. We thank you for your sweet presence this morning, here, right now. We thank you for meeting us right where we are. Father, as we come from celebrating Resurrection Sunday, we understand that this is the time that Jesus showed himself to many before he ascended into heaven and was seated. Father, during these next few weeks, may each and every one of us take the time to reflect, take the time to meditate on your word, to spend time in your presence so we can gain a greater understanding of what actually took place, what was actually happening when Jesus walked and showed himself to many. What was he doing? What was he saying? What was the purpose? So that we don't take what Jesus did for each and every one of us lightly. Father, open our eyes as you did for the disciples in Luke 24 and 30, that we would be aware of what you're doing and what you're saying and what you see so that we could do, say, and see the same. Sharpen our discernment, Father God, for what you're doing right now So when we do pray, we'll pray according to your will and according to your word in order to see your word come to pass here on earth. Father, in Luke 24, 50 to 53, you told us, and he led them out as far as Bethany, And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while 
while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Father, may this be the genuine desire of every born-again believer under the sound of my voice, that we would worship you with great joy, that we would appear before you continually praising and blessing your holy name, regardless of our current situation or circumstances. You are still worthy to be praised, and you are still worthy to be worshipped. Because you are still good, you're still God, you're still faithful, you're still worthy. May we never cease to chase after you, Father. And just like the song played earlier this morning that resonates in my spirit, this time we have made up in our mind that our heart Our soul, our spirit will say yes. Yes to you, Father. Yes to your word and yes to your will. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. According to Matthews 18 and 19, Two of us shall agree here on earth as touching anything that we ask. It shall be done of our Father in heaven. Amen. So we know that the petitions Sister Myrna has asked have been granted in Jesus' name. We want to quickly swing back to you, Sister Margaret. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us this morning? Just one thing, Sister Charlene, um, what a precious, precious prayer. Thank you so much, Sister Myrna. Amen. Um, Jesus' passion for the church gives us passion. Gives us passion for the lost, passion for relationship with our king, passion to live righteously, passion to fulfill our God-given assignment, passion to pray, passion to worship, passion to know the word of God for ourselves. As Sister Myrna just prayed, so let the passion of Christ so infuse your spirit so that it awakens you to new and exciting adventures in God. I encourage each and every one of you and all those on the replay to go and be passionate in Christ. Amen. Sister Charlene, back to you. Amen, amen, and amen. We have a couple of announcements before we conclude our call today. Please remember to send in your prayer requests. Send them in to www.newdestiny.online from the home page. Click Connect. Then under Ministries, click Prayer. Scroll down to prayer requests and enter your request there. We love to pray. We have been called to pray without ceasing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Corporate prayer will be held 
this Saturday at the Pittsburgh campus at 7 o'clock a.m. Please come out and join us in person. We do live streaming, but we ask that you please sacrifice with a fresh yes and commit to come out at least once a month. Can you do that? At least once a month. Come out to corporate prayer. On behalf of Bishop Smith, Pastor Adrian, Sister Margaret, Sister Myrna, Sister Kenna, and our entire New Destiny family, we say thank you. Please invite others to join in with us each week, Wednesday and Thursday at 5 a.m., and on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Before we close out, let's go into prayer once more. Father, we thank you. We started off this call thanking you, Father. And before we depart from this call, we say thank you again. Thank you for your mighty word today. Thank you for your passion for your church. Thank you, Father, for each one of your intercessors and watchmen that got up early this morning to command their day with us. Thank you, Father. And I pray, dear God, that you bless each one of them in Jesus' name. Father, you said whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, Father, by the power of your word, I pray, dear God, that you build your church up in your righteousness. Father, try us by your fire. By the power of your Holy Ghost, Father, I pray that each one lives by the plumb line, by the the standard, God. You have called us. You've called us to live as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I declare that we will, in Jesus' name. Father, I declare, dear God, even as Sister Margaret ministered, that each one will live higher in Jesus. Higher. I declare and decree, decree Philippians 3, 13 and 14 over each one. I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things before, those things that are before us. Father, we press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. No longer mediocrity. No longer lower standards. But the higher calling. The higher prize. For that prize of the high calling. In Jesus name. Father I declare and decree. A fresh yes. A fresh yes. Yes in the souls of your church God. 
in the name of Jesus. And Father, I declare that the passion that you have for your church is reciprocated back to you in our walk, in our talk, in our service, in our prayers, in our works. Hallelujah. In our love to you and to your people. In the name of Jesus. Father, continue to build each one, I pray. Continue to order our steps as we say yes, as willing and obedient servants unto you. Bless your church, I pray. Bless your intercessors. Bless your watchmen in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Sister Kenna, please open the lines. Thank you,